Mahomes, timing route, down the sideline, it's caught, touchdown! Brady pumps, looking for Brown deep, and throwing for Brown. He's got it at the 30, the 20, the 10, the Patriots have won! Okay, welcome back to Touchdown with Tom and Will, Series 3, Episode 7, uh, where we're looking back at Week 6 of the NFL, looking towards Week 7 of the NFL. Um, that is correct, right? <laughs> yeah, that is correct, right? Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was a snigger from you there, Tom. You just sound like you were just like... Look, I've been up since 5.30 this morning. I've driven to the south. I've come back from the south. Uh, I did actually quite a lot of energy. I've kind of got some kind of uh, latent caffeine. It's still <laughs> just about keeping me awake. Uh, you been out much today, Tom? Uh, not a whole lot. You know, just coaching, yep. doing some hockey, um, trying to make the most of my freedoms until tomorrow morning when we're plunged into a regional tier three oh, semi lockdown. Yes. Oh, St. Andy fought his battle, didn't he? He did. Then, <laughs> the king did, in the north. Yeah, he, uh, he ultimately failed and actually got one of the worst deals <laughs> uh, of, of any area. Uh, not that we should get too political on this show, but I thought it was quite funny when the, uh, uh, Boris Johnson was asked in his press conference today, you know, what do you think about the whole thing about, of uh, Andy Burnham? And what he chose to do was name every other region where he hasn't had to fight them. No. <laughs> then, so we're actually doing really well talking to regions. <laughs> uh, just left out Greater Manchester there. Um, oh. But yeah, there's been a lot of action in the NFL. Most games went ahead, which is nice. It seems like they're mostly going ahead this week as well. Um, I feel slightly more confident. It was always changed week to week. Uh, slightly more confident that we're going to see this season play out, hopefully, despite the poll that we put on Instagram account overwhelmingly saying uh, the season wasn't going to get completed. Uh, but the biggest talking point that as soon as I got here, you said we have to discuss is that we said two weeks ago, I think, in the title was, is it time for Tua? It is now officially Tua's time. It is. Tua Tagovailoa made his debut last game against uh, the reeling New York Jets, and he played all of something like... Two passes? And yeah, two he made complete yeah. two passes and played out the last sort of minute and a half, really, uh, to tumultuous applause yeah. in Miami. Uh, even... Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick, uh, sort of buoying up the crowd, waving his arms to encourage the crowd to get behind Tua. And next minute, Fitzpatrick is checking Twitter and he's found out that he's been unceremoniously dropped from the starting quarterback role. A thing I think he knew was coming eventually, yeah. but didn't know it was going to come this quickly. And I'm sure if he had known that, he wouldn't have been so happy to see Tua jogging out there. I mean, I don't think that a team can decide that their future is is sort of in Tua after those two passes. The problem with Fitzpatrick, and the problem for a lot of people, is he was playing really well. He had, yeah. he's on the back of two wins, looking really good, playing well personally. And I think he always knew that he was part of the, the process to get Tua involved. But I, I'm sure he didn't think... It was going to come this quickly. A great opportunity for Tua um, to come in. This stud out of college. Basically, everyone picked him to be the best player in the draft. Then he got injured. And Joe Burrow obviously had that stellar season. Went number one overall. The Miami Dolphins picked him up with the fifth pick. And now it's time for Tua. We've spoken a lot about him. But this sort of is more about what's happened to Fitz as opposed to what's happening to Tua. Uh, yeah, it's incredibly sad for something Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's kind of journeyman of the league. That kind of the whole league kind of loves the whole Fitz magic thing. He's never exactly. I mean, to be able to get where he's got to in his career, um, still being selected as a starting quarterback or as backup quarterback is testament to his professionalism, his kind of consistency as a quarterback. I think he's still had an over sixty percent pass completion his entire career, which is why he's still in the league. Um, but the the press conference of him discussing the fact he's now being dropped was heartbreaking. We got a clip of it here. It still just it, it broke my heart yesterday, and um, you know it's a tough, uh, tough thing for for me to hear and to now have to deal with. But um, you know I'm going to do my best with it. So just just like so sad, you can hear in his voice. He's saying it's like the first team he's really felt like you know, he's he's going to lead. We have a leader team again. I think it's unlikely. Yeah, no, and he's at the point now where he has he is getting on. I don't know. I don't know. There are teams that need someone to be playing like Fitzpatrick. I mean, there's quite a few teams who are just a quarterback short of winning. We discussed the Colts have such a great sort of setup. They just need sort of a Fitzpatrick maybe or a quarterback yeah. to really step up and deliver. 
So does he start asking for a trade? Can he get traded? Or do the Miami Dolphins just think, you know what, if Tua doesn't quite work out or does pick up an injury, he is injury prone, then yeah. they need someone in the wings who can come in. Because they're now 3-3. Three and three. Yeah. They're, what, they're second in the division, top of the division? Uh, second to the Bills. Yeah, so they are looking like they could mount a playoff run. Yeah. Should sort of form go their way. I'm just finding the teams that Miami got up next. I want to see who they've thrown so they've got to the Rams. to play. Right. They've got the Rams, which is savage so because Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, yeah. two of the sort of the best pass rush cornerback combos. I'd say, I'd say the best in the league. It's a hell of a start for Tua. He obviously does come in after the bye week, so yeah. it's a whole extra week to prepare for it. But yeah, it's I think it's quite harsh on Tua, quite harsh on fits considering he was doing so well a lot of people said wait until the end of the season give to a whole year yeah there's no doubt there's so many pictures of two like literally learning from fitzpatrick on the sideline with the tablet they're literally looking at plays and whatever fitzpatrick's teaching him through things how you could have given him more development but if they're ready to go now we've seen that the other two young quarterbacks who are taking the top six picks are yeah. doing really well maybe that's what miami are thinking to take them to the next level but i think we listed a few of them last week though there's so many examples of quarterbacks succeeding after sitting for their first year and then coming in it does mm. feel like miami has slightly jumped the gun and said right or oh, maybe we can win now maybe they're looking at that division they're seeing that the jets are obviously going bottom of that division and the patriots just stepped up against the broncos so they're thinking we're actually only one game behind the bills who are four and two they're three and three Maybe if Tua is ready, we actually can win now. We can win this division now. I was looking towards the end of their schedule, Miami. The end of their schedule is brutal. They played Kansas, New England, Oak, uh, sorry, Las Vegas, the Raiders, and the Bills. Whereas, so that's a very hard place to come in at the end. Their next few games, not quite so bad. Obviously, the Rams and the Cardinals will be tough. Then they play the Chargers, the Broncos, the Jets, and the Bengals. So, if he can get through his bye week, and then the two following that, he's then got a nice enough run. Um, and I've made Miami, I'm thinking, wow, maybe we can win this division with nine wins, ten wins. Yeah. Uh, but it does feel extremely harsh on Fitzpatrick. He really hasn't put a foot wrong since coming into Miami. No. Um, and he's obviously tutored him massively and now he's going to be still tutoring him knowing that actually when it gets to Sunday he'll be on the bench. Yeah. It will be a weird sight seeing that beard yeah. next week on the bench sort of sat there watching him go. I mean, he said that he'll be a good teammate as I'm sure like literally yeah, I know him been. really well. We, <laughs> <laughs> great guy. Locker yeah, room. Great, great locker room guy. guy. Uh, great locker room guy. Me and him go way back <laughs> and I just know he'll be a really good teammate to her. Yeah. As he says I don't know if it's going to be in the clip that we're going to put in but he definitely said in his interview that he's going to be a supportive teammate. He just didn't like finding out the way that he did yeah. and it's sort of I know that reporters have to do this they have to try and find leaks and whatever and it's a real shame, though, that Fitzpatrick couldn't be given the courtesy of being told by Brian Flores. Even if that was Brian Flores' like, thoughts, he was like, right, I'll call Fitz tomorrow. Yeah. Or even like when we're back in the building next week during the bye week for training after the bye week, sorry. But it's just leaked out from somewhere within the organisation. And that is the job of reporters and insiders. There's nothing quite like NFL insiders. People yeah. Like Adam Schefter in Rappaport. Yeah. These guys who live on Twitter. Yeah. Literally live on it. And that's, it's where the news always breaks first. Right? We yeah. see a trade or anything. It's never. It's kind of the equivalent, to be fair, for Richard Romano. Mm-hmm. And what you see with David Ornstein as well in football, where those two guys seem to have everything first. Um, but it really is just two guys in the NFL. Uh, those two and then a few others as well. But talk about leaks yeah. and, and things getting out of the camp. What is coming out of Dallas? <laughs> uh, suddenly, what's coming out of Dallas is, you know, that they've had no issues on offense. I mean, they're leading the league. Well, apart and, from the fact that Dak's injured now. That's, that, that's, yeah. an, issue, that's an issue that's beyond their control. In terms of what they could control, they were top of the league in, in uh, passing yards, top of the league in total offense, top of the league in total points. Obviously, the defense is a complete mess, hence the fact they've still managed to lose four games with that offense. But now the players are saying they didn't really work hard enough. You know, the, the coaches the, don't work the hard enough. The coaches weren't hard enough. It's, it's very relaxed. It's... Uh, it's almost like uh, Mike McCarthy kind of came out of his year off after Green Bay is now kind of very much easing back into coaching and uh, it's just about playing hard but there's not enough detail and it's like what is going on in Dallas? This is crazy so this is another leak that's come from within an NFL franchise that's been picked up by one of these insiders and they basically said yeah the players are reporting to reporters that the coaching staff aren't prepared they don't prepare them well enough for games they don't sort of fire them up for games, essentially, and that's why they end up with these massive, like, not, not, what's the, what's the opposite of lead? Uh, uh, collapses. Well, yeah, essentially. Losses. Losses, well, that's why they, they get off to a horrendous start, the Falcons, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Browns, and they have to try and fight their way back to the offense that you're talking about. 
And it's so bizarre. And now Mike McCarthy sort of responded to that by saying, um, oh, no, there's no problems. Um, there's no such thing as an anonymous quote. These aren't true. Maybe maybe we're not winning because we're coaching too much. Yeah. And we're trying to tell them too many things and turn up too early and work too hard. We're working too hard, which is this sort of this hilarious thing. Like, say you're in an interview for a job interview. Like, yeah. what are your weaknesses? Oh, you know, I, I, I actually work too hard. Um, I actually get to the office way too early. Yeah. And some of these things where you tell lies, essentially, to try and cover up for your mistakes and your weaknesses. It's just not a good look. It feels, it is true, and obviously it's it's supposed leaks out of the camp. It feels like Mike McCarthy is coming from a very old school of coaching where it's, not that it's not in the detail, but it's like, if we had the right players and we, we play our stuff, it, it will be fine. It's so different to kind of the extreme analytical data which coaches such as Sean McVay and Carl Shannon like put into those teams. Um, this kind of young breed of coaches he's yeah. going through. I can see Mike McCarthy just looking at him and hearing him talk wouldn't be a man for that kind of extreme detail. Um, no. But, but it, I mean, if it's true, it does kind of explain a lot as how our defence has been so, so poor this year. It does. And it sort of really points questions at Mike McCarthy who, after that absolute blowout win for the Cardinals, which we both called, by the way, <laughs> yeah. on Monday night, which was embarrassing for the Cowboys. They lost 38-10 to the Cardinals at home in Jerry World just before these sort of leaks started spilling out. Um, it's just really not a good look. And it does put Mike McCarthy under a lot of pressure only after, even after only six games. And it does make you question the hiring in general. Like, he left Green Bay... Couldn't win with Aaron Rodgers, yeah. who Matt LaFleur is making look his best again. Yeah. And no one picked him up straight away. Yeah, the no. fact that he sat out for a year. He then famously got the job at Dallas and in his first press conference said, oh, I told Jerry that I watched every single minute of the Cowboys in 2019 in my interview. I didn't do that. Of course I didn't. Yeah. And it's like... Uh, uh, it does feel so uninspired in a way. Ooh. Uh and so inspired selection. And just for like context, like the Cowboys can't you can't under underplay how much yeah. they are the biggest franchise in the NFL pretty much. Whether they've been the most successful over the last ten years or not, they are America's team for a reason. You see the amount of primetime games they get. You see when you watch the build up to one of those games, just the just the whole focus on the fact that people know that a lot of America will be watching this. And what happens when you have a team like that? Everyone loves to see them lose. It's very similar to Man United losing 6-1 at home to Spurs. It's like Man United on steroids, isn't it? It is that. It's like Man United on steroids. I mean, you see them lose 6-1 at home to Spurs, and you see this big kind of ancient institution at home collapsing. Everyone else loves it. It doesn't matter if the other team has played really well. In the same way, the Cardinals played really well. That wasn't the lead story. Spurs played really well. That wasn't the lead story. It's when a team this size loses, it's all going to be on how the Cowboys only scored 10 points at home. Honestly, it's so annoying. As as a as a, Now I am a Cardinals fan. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find anything on how well people or how excited people were about the Cardinals. Yeah. It was just how bad the Cowboys were. And we're talking about how bad the Cowboys yeah, we're, are. we're part of it. <laughs> and how bad the coaching is. Yet the Cardinals were insane. They had com- a complete performance. They rushed Dalton. They put him under a lot of pressure. Got two interceptions. Um, Kenyon Drake rushed for over 150 yards. Well, unbelievable. One, one touchdown was just beautiful. Yeah, The, the gap he found no camera angle could show how narrow it was. Because every camera angle seemed to be from behind him or in front of him. And you kind of, you kind of just slipped right between two players. It was unbelievable. Um, Kyler Murray looked yeah. electric. And they're looking like a really good team. But all the chat was about the Cowboys. It's like, did you even know that Villa beat Liverpool the other day? It's right. like, yeah. nothing's been said about it. No one's giving any credit. It's like, no. well, you know, they, they were 4-2 up and sure they scored three more. Against the champions. Against yeah, yeah. like the Champions League winners of two years ago. Oh, but, you know, they'd already scored four. Yeah, Van Dijk, yeah, yeah. Like, Leeds got more credit for, what did they draw? Did dr- uh, losing 4-3. Yeah, Leeds got more credit for losing 4-3 against Liverpool than yeah. Villa did for beating them 7-2. Incredible. It's insane. And that's just what's what always happens with the Cowboys. Because they are America's team. They live in this sort of fishbowl where yeah. everyone is watching them for pinging the glass, trying yeah. to get a reaction. And this is sort of the pressure that someone like Mike McCarthy has to deal with as the head coach. And he's got the eyes of the media on him permanently. And these leaks are just really, really not a good look. And all, all they have to go for, go on is the fact they're still leading their, <laughs> their division. Two and four, they are leading... The, oh, the NFC East. And, this is when the NFL and, is just bonkers. Talking about bonkers in the NFL, yeah, the thing I wanted to bring up, and it was not so much a mid-season review, because obviously what, we just finished week six, 
But there's still three unbeaten teams in the NFL. So we've got Seattle, we've got Tennessee, and we've got Pittsburgh. And obviously Seattle are the, like, the ones that aren't a massive surprise there mm. with the kind of roster they have and the history they have. Tennessee, I think, not everyone was sure if they were going to come back after kind of their playoff, will they have a playoff hangover? Clearly not. Derek Henry's just an absolute beast and kind of just like fighting um, almost into the MVP category in the way he's playing, the way Christian McCaffrey was playing this time last year yeah. uh, as a running back at least. And Pittsburgh playing really well. There are 10 teams with one or less win. So even though the, the Jets might currently have the number one pick because they're Norton six, they're only one game away from having the 22nd pick, <laughs> which is just mental. You've got the Eagles, the Bengals, the Chargers... Uh, the Falcons, you got Jacksonville, Washington, the Vikings, the Texans, Giants, and Jets. I know I've mixed up my kind of nicknames and places there, but <laughs> either way, I was going to ask you, Tom, out of these ten teams, do you think any of them have a chance of making the playoffs from where they are now, the, or can we just rule out a third of the NFL this early on? The only the only team that I w- two teams that I would say have a chance are firstly the Eagles right. because of that division that sure. they're in. A win tonight as we are recording on a Thursday, against the Giants. <laughs> Went for the Giants, we'll put them top of the division. Yeah. But basically, they, if that division is wide open. Sure. Even Washington, I mean, they're rubbish, but they're still technically in with a shot. I mean, if I'm the Giants or the Eagles, I'm getting really excited. Like, you know, yeah. a big win tonight, you never know. So the only thing is, the Eagles could get in as a division winner. And the other, other team that I would say are looking better than they sort of might make out to be in this group of 10 teams that you've just selected are the Chargers. Yeah. And now they brought in Justin Herbert. They look a lot better and a lot more complete. And they're certainly not an easy game. But the problem is their division. So they're obviously with the Chiefs. They've got the Raiders who are playing quite nicely and Broncos. the Broncos. So it's a really difficult division for them to get started. There might be an opportunity. We're going to preview the games in a little bit. But there might be an opportunity this weekend for Justin Herbert to get his first win as a um, LA Charger. He was announced to be the starting quarterback, even when Tyrod Taylor comes back. Another sort of disappointing end for yeah. uh, sort of for journeyman. Who'd done all right as well. He'd Came done in, all right. done yeah. all right, not exactly completely failed and been brought in through an emergency. Actually, kind of done what was expected of him. Yeah. Um, for me, the only team that's there that kind of has half the talent to be in the playoffs is obviously Atlanta. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's literally it's, half. <laughs> literally half the talent. They've got Matt Ryan, who's currently top five in the league for passing yards. They've got Todd Gurley, who's currently top five in the league for uh, rushing yards and they've obviously got Julio Jones who's one of the most best wide receivers in the league but they have zero defence and so they literally have half the team I don't know if they have a coach yet um, <laughs> yeah. well, but, but the other half of their team especially in the division they've got obviously with the uh, the Saints and the Buccaneers and the Panthers means they probably can't compete but it's harsh for that whole offence it's clearly performing at such a high level right now that they know that as soon as they come off the field there's going to be a touchdown score by other team so all the work they put in is kind of wasted but I agree I think the Eagles and Giants and Washington, all three of them are only one game behind top of that division, so they could all say they're still in it. Um, and you're right, I think the charges aren't as bad as that makes up them to be. Um, so that's the end of our talking points yeah. for, for this week. Uh, obviously, we're now into week three of doing our 22nd draft, I think. We've got yeah. both the last two weeks. We have improved week on week, I reckon. Um, because we did our first set of those, there was quite a bit of like, I did a little edit, so we kind of smooth and smooth. Last week, there weren't really any edits, um, which was nice. We kind of just wrap up. Uh, wrap up wrap yeah. rap. <laughs> rap 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 uh, uh, each, each game approximately kind of 20 seconds and might go back to a couple of games we really want to give a bit more air time uh, but we might as well start now and I'll start with the Titans beating the Texans 42-36 we both said the Titans would win this one the Texans look a lot better since they fired below Brian uh, but Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry combined for six touchdowns and that duo seems to be so so elite right now and um, the Titans are extremely impressive being 5-0 and that was efficient love that we're getting so good at this the Broncos beat the Patriots 18-12. to This was an upset. We both picked the Pats and Will lost out on his ACA because yeah. of this. I said there was a reason for the Broncos' victory was Drew Locke's return. <laughs> Realistically, it was a real scrappy game. The Broncos won it with six field goals. I think it was McManus hit six field goals to win it. The Falcons, finally, the first week I haven't picked the Falcons. I was backing them every single week. Finally, we both picked the Vikings. And the Falcons won 40-23 against the Vikings. Matt Ryan showing his class over in here. Four touchdowns, 236 pass rating. Unreal. On the other side of the ball, Kirk Cousins with three interceptions in the first half. Terrible game for him. Falcons still only have one win this season. The Packers lost in an upset to the Bucks. We both took the Packers. Packers lost 10 to the Bucks, 38. Aaron Rodgers... Through two picks, one pick six. It's only, I think it's something like it's third pick six ever. Second against Tampa. And then it all went to shit. The Bucks pass rush was immense. And yeah, 
great win on the road. Oh, I don't know if it's on the road because I don't know which order we put them in on this. On the road. <laughs> was it on the road? We but... need to have clarity. So basically, so just pause. Yeah, no, no, explain it. Yeah, yeah. On our, basically, if you Google in the UK the game, it has the home team first. So on my list, Packers, Bucks. But in America, the away team is first because it's Packers at Bucks. Right. Yeah, it was in Tampa. Right. So it was a win at home. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing to do with the road. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we, we, we move on. The, the Ravens beat the Eagles 30-28. to 28. A very close game in comparison to what I thought it would be. Um, but Baltimore edged out in the end. Baltimore scores in every single quarter of this season. And a great start here. Lamar Jackson is now 36 touchdowns, zero interceptions in the red zone. When he gets that, he has the rushing strength, the throwing strength to kind of always convert those. Um, and the Ravens do look very good. The Rams beat, lost to the 49ers, 24-16. Jimmy G silenced a few critics, three touchdowns and 124 passer rating. Again, we both took the Rams. I've no idea in this division. I don't know about the 49ers either. They're pretty depleted, but they managed a really good victory here. Yeah, from a divisional uh, matchup in the division that has 16 wins to a divisional matchup in a a division that has five wins between them. Washington football team edged out by the Giants 20-19. It wasn't exactly a great game. I mean, Daniel Jones has now won four wins, three of which against Washington. Uh, Carl Allen looks okay, but the Washington football team do just look really bad. The Chiefs beat the Bills. This is a game that we highlighted last week to be one to watch. And Clyde Edward Elair had an absolute game, especially considering Le'Veon Bell's arrival. He rushed for over 150 yards. Patrick Mahomes was really efficient as well. The last quarter, they basically ate the clock up and gave Josh Allen no time to come back. The least talked about team on touchdown return world, the Detroit Lions, beat the Jaguars 34-16. The Jaguars now lost five straight games, all conceding over 30, really fighting the Jets for that number one pick. This is all about rookie running back DeAndre Swift from the Lions, who had 116 yards, two touchdowns, big breakout performance for him. We have spoken about the Cardinals beating the Cowboys by 38 points to 10. Just a little few facts there. Zeke had two fumbles, which was awful. Kyler Murray was amazing. Is it Mike McCarthy or is it the players' fault? They lost with Jason Garrett. They're losing this year. Maybe a chance for a rebuild. Why on earth did I pick the Browns to beat the Steelers? They lost 38-7. I don't understand. The Steelers' defense is really, really good. They've only allowed one running back 90 yards at the last 20 games, which is everything that the Browns have, really. Kareem Hunt can make any progress. Baker was beat up in this game. He threw a pick six to make a pick Patrick. Then he was sacked four times, and he threw an interception. He's taken off in the third quarter. He was taken off in the third quarter. That's insane. Uh, the Bears beat the Panthers 23 points to 16. The Bears are now 5-1, top of the division, above the uh, Packers after that defeat. Is it all about Nick Foles? I would say no. He had one touchdown, one reception. It's all about their defence. The Bears are 15-4 and four when Khalil Mack gets a sack since they acquired him in 2018. Oh, the Bengals don't know how to win. This was a gutting one. The Bengals lost 31-27 to the Colts, but they were up 21-0 just into the second quarter, I think it was. Burrow starting really strong, um, but edged out by Philip Rivers, who had one of his best games for the Colts so far. Tough loss for the Bengals, but they are showing a lot more promise than a lot of teams have shown when they've got this kind of record at the start of the year. And finally, the Jets were blown out by Miami. Zero points to 24 (laughs) <laughs> the, only thing I, the only thing I could find here on this game, having not really wanted to talk about it, was that every single stat on the Jets is, oh, a 37-year-old running back scored, you know, didn't score anything, uh, had 10 carries or something for the first time ever. It's bad. It's bad in New York. And that concludes our 20-second summary. Very nice. Very oh, efficient. That was good. Brown, this Brown-Steelers game, yeah, so Baker is just, they take him off in the third quarter. And the coach literally says, I didn't want him to get hit again. Yeah. Because it was, it was just getting so bad. And Odell, after the game, he's quoted saying, I'm tired of losing to good teams. And that is, it does seem to be Baker's problem, is he's winning games against teams of less than a 0.5 record, but losing every one against a team of a good record. I mean, has he got it in him to actually win these big games, Tom? I don't know whether it is Odell's fault, to be honest. I reckon he has the talent. Oh, sorry, sorry. But has Baker got it in him to win? Ah, sorry, yes. Well, Odell's frustrated about losing big games with Baker as his quarterback. Well, that is the question. So I would say the Browns would be a team that wouldn't mind a little Fitz magic here and there. So, yeah, um, this is the question for Baker now. We said how it's his 
There's a bit of a rustling going on. There's a bagel being stolen in the background. Andrew has stolen into the studio and is oh. trying to make a bagel on the slide. Oh, well, well, we've got Andrew here and we've got a halftime show. Andrew, <laughs> fancy football this week. How... Uh, how did oh, I go for you? I got destroyed on fantasy football. Oh, I broke. I broke my four-game losing streak. We <laughs> <laughs> were win against to, Andrew to in fantasy. Break me, to break me. Yeah. Um, anyway, Andrew's stolen into the studio to, <laughs> to make a bagel. Apologies. He's also just tried to cut an already sliced bagel, which made me laugh a little bit. Um, my only other talking point from that game: yeah, Baker Mayfield in a season year is now under a lot of pressure with the likes of Trevor Lawrence and. Um, the free agents that will be available next year as well. Fitzpatrick is one of them. Um, and whoever takes Trevor Lawrence is essentially going to lose a quarterback. So sure. Sam Darnold. Would Sam Darnold be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns next year? Steve has suggested in one of his videos watching this before the show that he could be a potential one. That you got to think like, in the same way that um, obviously when the Bengals drafted Joe Burrow, that kind of shifted out uh, who I'm talking about the guy Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton he was shifted out there's lots of teams where that could possibly happen you've also got to think that Cam Newton's only on a one year deal yeah exactly Bake. so there Bake. is pressure on Baker yeah much pressure my only on other talking Baker. point is the Washington football team is sort of growing on me I quite really? like the football team Oh, the name? Yeah, yeah, the name, yeah. The Washington, Washington football, football team. team. Oh, no, not the play. Yeah, I was like, going to say, what have you seen in that game, Tom? <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, the name, the Washington football team. I think I think it's quite nice. I think it's simple, sleek, and also, it, I think the idea of net finding a mascot now is almost cringe. Yeah. Like, it's going to be very hard to find an appropriate mascot Yeah. without I, sounding silly. Uh, so just stick with the football team. Just stick, stick with the football That's the hot takes. Washington's football team will stick. It's, well, I think they should. Who, who do you support? Oh, the Panthers, the Cowboys, the Packers, the football team. Washington FC? Washington, Washington <laughs> FC. FT. FT. Washington FT. Oh, it's not good. I'm sure for the branding purposes, they're going to have to get someone, in, uh, someone, something involved as a mascot. Um, but it doesn't look like that's a priority for them right now. They probably should be on the, on the field where they are dreadful. Apart from the fancy that you just mentioned with Andrew and you did get your first win for a while. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to talk about briefly in the halftime show is our fellow uh, media man in the UK, Jason Bell, taking part yes. in one of his favourite ever shows. In Strictly. Yes. I think he debuts properly uh, Saturday. Yeah. Saturday night of 7.25, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah. Have I, you got it? Have you got it? I, 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 I only know this because Radio 1 are big enough a competitor of his. Clara, ah, Clara, boo. Clara, boo. <laughs> we're, we're, team, we're Team J Bell uh, on Strictly. Uh, we might have to tune in just for that. They, uh, um, my girlfriend and her family watch Strictly a lot, mm. and that's they. So I was, I was like, "What, what's he been like?" And so they had the first episode was on Saturday, mm. but there was sort of where they meet their their partners. Oh yeah, and um, he met his at Tottenham Football Stadium, okay. where they had the NFL. The it was all rolled out as an NFL pitch, oh, nice. yeah, and he yeah. was like, "Yeah, yeah." Essentially, he said when he came over to the UK that um, Strictly was one of his favourite shows, which is, I found really funny. It's always been a dream of his to get on Strictly. And I think it's sort of, a, again, another step towards a potential for a, an English franchise, maybe. Oh, yeah. We've spoken uh, about for years. It's, it's, it's so clear. Literally doing doing little things like, yeah, literally is. I mean, do, doing things like that, though, and like integrating, like, so now everyone's like, oh, who's Jason Bell? Lots of people have never heard of him or the sport in general. Going, oh, he does American football. Oh, here's some hands of his plays. They're going to find ways of weaving it. He's probably going to wear a kit in one episode, isn't he? They're going to find yeah. ways of weaving into the game. It also is really good for promoting the NFL show. Yeah, Because no, he's definitely. on both. In the same way, the reason you always see, you know, EastEnders actors or Radio 1 presenters on Strictly is because they can help each other out. They help each mm. other's shows out. It's definitely going to be good promoting that show. It gives loads of um, drive to that show, especially if that show is on a Saturday night after Strictly sometimes. Yeah, it or, normally is, isn't it? Yeah, 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 or after Match of the Day, yeah, yeah. which obviously comes after Strictly. So very good promoting that. We'll be watching out for J-Bell on that. He's got, he's got light feet. I reckon he could be all right. He'll obviously do some of the lifts, maybe. Yeah. Um, muscly man. He was on special teams, wasn't he? I'm not sure exactly what he did. Yeah, and like, he was defensive back, wasn't he, yeah. as well? Yeah, I'll still have some quick feet. Well, you'll, be able to look, you'll be able to do a play, to be fair. If you can do a play, you can do a dance move, surely. Yeah, you can or, learn or, the... Or a routine. They always say sportsmen are good because they're all... But the ones that are good are good because they've had to learn kind of procedures. Of maybe less so people like um, David James. He wasn't a particularly <laughs> ma- a massive success. There have been sportsmen. People like... Uh, uh, Louis Smith, the gymnast, was very good, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, so there's he was a, a cornerback. So they got to be, oh, they yeah. got to be very light on their feet, moving backwards, keep up with the, um, you know, those those speedy wide receivers. Yeah, well, and a gunner on special teams. You're right. Yeah, well there you go. He's always he's always getting a 
going to stick from Osi when you listen to their podcast occasionally about how little he goes to the gym in comparison to Osi. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see uh, if he's picked up that. But yeah, definitely a shout out for J Bell. Shout out for the NFL getting any exposure in the UK, especially on a show as big as Strictly. Um, so that's definitely good for us watching that. Last week we discussed. Uh, our guy Paddy on a little mix of search, another show you should be watching. Yeah, uh, I think it was probably Proceed Strictly. That obviously had a week off because of a little Maybe. COVID mishap. Nothing to do with Paddy, we're sure. <laughs> uh, uh, but that's back. We, we just review TV, don't we? <laughs> We've got your Saturday night. Half-time show, though. Your Saturday nights are sorted now. We've, you can watch Paddy on that. Then you watch J Bell on Strictly. Now you can't go to the pub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what, what better is there to do? So there you go. And then obviously you've got Sunday. Yeah, all your football sorted football. on Sunday. Holy shit. What, what, what a weekend. Get I'm t- excited. Get your, t- get your TV. So talking about this weekend, then we've got a lot of games to predict here, Tom. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who put in Bill's Jets as the first game to predict, but effectively the Jets are just really bad. People are now talking about... Well, Pat McAfee said that he's heard from a source that they were tanking. Another but then insider. He, but then he followed that with, but none of the players will tank. And I think I've heard him say it before. But he's, he's said that... Players, well, we banned the word tank. We banned we? it. We banned it because players don't have the ability to do so. And he even said something like Joe Flacco would have far too much pride as a former Super Bowl winning quarterback to tank as such. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but absolutely. it does feel a little bit like Lamb's sorted with him. He's kind of an older. He's clearly past his best quarterback. He's actually two and eleven, two and eleven in his last thirteen games. It feels like a bit horrible way for him to kind of possibly bow out his career yeah, uh, oh, in this season at the Jets that's why he's still there though he says that he just still wants to play and he still yeah. loves it and the Jets are essentially the only team that would have him the Jets have never won without Sam Darnold since they picked him do you know that? yeah, yeah that doesn't but basically the, the, the theory about tanking is they lose for the number one pick Yeah, uh, but players will always compete they don't want to lose we've yeah. said that before the problem with the Jets team is they just have no talent no they can't have fucking Joe Flacco and Frank Gore as your main offensive weapons and Robbie Anderson is doing absolute bits yeah. in Carolina, trading away. Robbie Anderson doing bits, Shamar Adams doing bits in, in Seattle, and now probably about to see Le'Veon Bell yeah. assist the Chiefs. I mean, they, yeah. they weren't a talented team last year, but those were very much the three most talented players. Yeah. Um, all of which gone. We saw Jack, we saw Jacksonville do that, but they now haven't done anything really. Picks they have other than obviously pick up Tua. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, not Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville have done nothing with the picks they've acquired yeah. from selling all their best players. Well, they're sort of. They're, but they're, 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 they've accepted their rebuild phase. Yeah. The Jets didn't accept their rebuild phase. There's not sacking the coach. Yeah. So yeah. are they content with this? Yeah. Just so getting beat out 24 nothing, scoring the least amount of points in the NFL, conceding the most amount of points in the NFL. Like, oh, it's a, it's a tough time to be a Jets fan. Yeah, I think the coaching is the problem. You look at all the players, we can literally name them. Like for hours, the players have played well since leaving Adam Gase. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. So, yeah. Bills Jets, it's going to be a nice win for the Bills to get back to winning ways after two defeats. Surely. Yeah, two two tough losses, but against the Titans and the Chiefs, the games yeah. that they won't have earmark, earmarked, especially with the Titans start as a game they have to win. No. They still should comfortably win this division. Absolutely, um, I reckon. Next game, Steelers Titans. This is a very exciting game compared yeah. to one that won't be terribly. Steelers Titans, two of the only remaining unbeaten teams. And it's a really interesting matchup because, as you sort of alluded to in your review of the Steelers versus Browns, it's very much a run offense versus a run defense. And can Derek Henry, the King Henry, get motoring against the Steelers defense? A nice stat for you. The Steelers have had three sacks and an interception in every single game so far this season. Their defense is immense, especially against the run. I'm excited about this. And are we going to say it's at the Titans? I think it is. Yeah. Steelers on the road, if that makes any difference. It might be an opportunity for Ryan Tannehill to show what he's got if yeah. Derek Henry's in a bit of trouble. But then, then you've got Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick, yeah. who's had three pick sixes already this season. No, which is, yeah, really? He's leading the NFL at the moment. So when you compare it to that, where are you going to put the ball? He's another player that left Miami. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, Derek Henry is a different running back to Cream Hunt in the sense that he is pure muscle and power. Uh, and though Cream Hunt is probably slightly seen as a more more nimble, elusive, elusive uh, running back. Whether that will be harder for the Steelers to deal with, I'm not sure. Uh, I think Big Ben has now, for cool stat, got the most wins of any quarterback who's only ever stayed at one team. Uh, so good for him coming back and having a great season. I was missing the entirety mm. um, of last year. I mean, this is a huge game. Um, if we're gonna keep, we can't keep doubting the Titans. I don't think. No, I'm gonna pick the Titans. Yeah, well, I'm gonna pick the Steelers then as our first yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah. Uh, but I think this will be a good game. 
Um, and definitely a game that we wouldn't have kind of picked out looking all of the schedule at the start of the year to be two unbeaten teams as early on. No, absolutely not. Um, Especially, right, we said before, everyone, is da- everyone has been surprised by the Steelers sort of because of how bad they were last year, but yeah. they're definitely making moves. Yeah, and also shows once again, as we say so many times, the impact of having the first choice quarterback oh, in yeah. Big Ben, which didn't have last year, um, returns that franchise. Now, the Giants-Eagles... It's tonight. It's, 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 it's tonight. It's first night football. Uh, I was looking at these. There's a whole comparison of Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz this year. And they actually are very similar. Uh, obviously, which would make sense for two teams that have played very badly. But Daniel Jones has a higher pass completion and less interceptions than Wentz. They both average about 71 pass ratings. That kind of shows how far Wentz has fallen from yeah. kind of being this kind of great talent coming into the league. Obviously, missed quite a lot of two seasons for injuries. Wentz has been sacked 25 times, which can't help. In terms of like thinking, like, can you blame it on Wentz? Well, if every other play between your throws, you get sacked. <laughs> like, that is tough to get any kind of, like, fluidity. People yeah. wonder why Tom Brady's career lasted so long. Well, he didn't get sacked in New England. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's things like that which really struggle to keep Carson Wentz getting into any sort of groove. In terms of predicting it, I mean, both teams have won one game all year. I've got to think the Eagles have got a better roster to win this game. And they got to Sean Dak Jackson coming back. Yeah. Which is one of their star wide receivers. Whether they'll be able to play today, I'm not sure. I have called them into my fantasy team just in case. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick Giants if you want to pick yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, I'll pick the Eagles for this one. Um, but probably not the game that we're going to give give the most airtime, especially when the next one we've got on our list here is Seahawks Cardinals. What a game, Tom. Oh, so excited. So excited. Cardinals, obviously, one of our favourites yeah. on the show. Um, but also, you've got to tip your hat to the Seahawks, who are looking like one of the best teams in the NFL, unbeaten so far. They've averaged 33 points a game so far this season. It's going to be a it's going to be a challenge for the Cardinals defense, who are actually the second best points per game allowed in the league. Which I wouldn't is have incredible. called that. I didn't quite clock that. Considering how bad they were last year at yeah. defending, um, their offensive line is also massively improved. It's sort of a, Kylo is often compared to Russell Wilson. That's another sort of yeah. dynamic. Two undersized quarterbacks, seeing how well they do. I we back the Cardinals till we die. It feels like it's yeah. a chance for Kylo to come up again in the big game. But I think it's a chance for Russell Wilson to really showcase his talent and a chance for the Seahawks to draw away from the challenges in that division. I'm going to back the Seahawks. Even though I am a Cardinals fan, I would love to see them win. Yeah, I think, the Seahawks I think I'm in the same boat in terms of also kind of would love the Cardinals to shake up this division and be like, this is not yours yet, Seattle. In that kind uh, of, in that we, kind we, of way. I'd love to be it, proven it would, wrong. It would be brilliant. But I also think if the Seahawks do win this game and go 6-0, it will really put a bit of a distance between them and the other teams that division. Now saying that... With seven teams making the playoffs, I can still easily see uh, the second team in this division. The second team in this division will go to the playoffs. The third could also go, like the the way this league's going. Um, Especially if the Seahawks kind of beat everyone. That'll make it easier for the others to compete with each other. And the fact they're in the NFC. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, But for me, yeah, I think you can't look past the Seahawks here. When a team's 5-0, as I made the mistake last week, saying the Titans would lose after being 4-0, yeah, no, I think the Seahawks... They're going to get that one. The Packers played the Texans. Packers come off that loss. Oh, one thing I meant to say about that game is that didn't that really establish Tampa as being real this year? They've got wins this season. They lost their first kind of big matchup. That was the Saints, the first game this year. But to go and beat the Packers, or beat the Packers at home, either way, to beat the Packers, who were previously unbeaten, huge statement win for Tampa. And now then playing the Texans, who have looked so much better in their two games. I think they scored you know, 50, 60 points, nearly won two, but both their first games back. Uh, after lose second bit O'Brien, but obviously for me, uh, it's got to be the Packers in this game. The Texans are the 31st defense in the league. Um, that against Aaron Rodgers means it's surely a, an easy win for the Packers. Yeah, no, I think we both back the Packers there. You're right about that Tampa, though. That Tampa win against the Packers, really yeah. a statement for them. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the Jaguars Chargers. There's a chance for Herbert to get his first win. That's the only sort of thing, yeah. and maybe start this Chargers charge in their division for a potential. Outside shot at a wild card spot. Yeah, there's always there's always a team very late on in both divisions that somehow seems to get itself to a wild card spot on seven or eight wins. Um, I don't think that's beyond the charge. I've had, had a draw. They've had some very tight losses, like very tough for them. But yeah, I think Justin Herbert could definitely get his first win here against the Jaguars. They're both going to put the Chargers to win that one. The Washington football team against the Cowboys. It, it's I've put in here in capitals. Surely a banker with the competent ginger ninja Andy Dalton, <laughs> but. 
But I mean, just nothing's guaranteed anymore. And no. I feel like Washington could put up 30 points against the Cowboys because literally anyone can. The Falcons did when they weren't playing too well. They have a much better offense, obviously, than Washington. It is the first place offense against the 31st offense. All of the stats say you'll get no money at all for a bet on the Cowboys in this game, surely. Carl Allen is starting a quarterback, having lost his eight straight games. So there's a real belief there from Ron Riviera in this quarterback. It's got to be the Cowboys, surely. I feel like we say it every week. And they're, two, <laughs> they're two and four. But yeah. we say it's got to be the Cowboys. But it's not because of that. That, I don't think, is because of how big the franchise is. I think that's because we know the amount of talent on that roster uh, and that offense. Although it's a, it's a different offense with not Dak. It is a different offense without Dak, but at the same time, they've got surely, surely yeah. too many weapons to get through to not be able to get past this, the football team. One thing I would say, if we, talk, we were talking about fee agent quarterbacks next year, mm. how much would Ron Riviera like to have Cam Newton with him? He, yeah. From Carolina, obviously those yeah. two have a great connection, maybe at the Washington football team. That's something watch out for I think we are both going to pick the Cowboys in that one yep. uh, moving on to the Chiefs Broncos uh, Drew Locke is back I said but it's not really going to make a difference the Broncos are still so short of talent this would have been a matchup that I would have been loving early well mid-summer yeah there's <laughs> <coughs> a chance for me to establish whoa coughing yeah whoa no <laughs> all clear um, in terms of a chance for the Broncos to really establish themselves in this division um, but I don't think it's going to be the case. A chance for the Chiefs to yeah extend their lead in that division and in the AFC. Yeah, Tom, where would you put Drew Locke's uh, oh, MVP chances? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, he's only missed a couple of games. Right, well, help him yeah, there. Injury ridden. Yeah, injury Unless, ridden. Uh, if it hadn't been for that, he'd been well on course. The Panthers and the Saints. We've kind of been surprised every week up to now that the Panthers have been winning games uh, after a kind of massive start. There, Christian McCaffrey's been injured. He's now back. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater playing his former team, the Saints, for the first time, leading the Panthers. They've actually had sixth best offense in the league, which for me, at least, I've said, has completely gone under the radar. I haven't really noticed um, how hard they've been going. Now it's got Bridgewater and McCaffrey. The Saints, I saw some stat about the Saints, and it, it, it's so long, it's not worth explaining, you get bored over it. But basically, it said that they have very few big plays. So they've, they've won when it matters, they've completed such when it matters, but Drew Brees has really struggled to make the big plays throughout the season. They've kind of just about kind of kind of heaved themselves to win the season, but it hasn't been with any kind of hasn't been the kind of flair that we're used to in New Orleans. So I think I'm actually going to get an outside chance and back the Panthers here yeah. to, to beat them to Saints, which is not something I thought I'd be saying a couple of weeks ago. I will take the Saints, but there is another interesting talking point. We talked about some sides with a bit of disruption in their midst, Dallas, maybe even in Miami. Um, Michael Thomas, the Saints' yes. star wide receiver and my number one pick in the draft, has been left out for the last two weeks because of some altercation in at training where he allegedly punched a defensive back who is nameless, essentially. Yeah. But this is a really weird one. Like, why... It's surely... This apparently happens all the time in training, especially between a wide receiver and a defensive back. Why does... Um, also, they need Michael Thomas. He's insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can't guard Mike. Um, and But for some reason, they're really leaning heavily on punishing him which is really strange. I think it's because he told a few of the coaches to fuck off when yeah. they're trying to break it up and that was apparently disrespectful according to Sean Payton. But like, come on! No, I say, I say no. In a 16-game season, yeah. in, a, in a 38, 50-game season in other sports, you ban them for two games, it makes sense. It's a week. Yeah. When you're banning them for an eighth of the season yeah. in two games, when he is your best target if you're a quarterback who is struggling to hit those long yeah, no balls. no wonder he can't go long. Like, like it, it it, does feel bizarre to me. I mean, is he going to end up on the trading block? Is he going to be like, we're done, we're done with you? Can you imagine? He'd probably end up in Kansas. No, yeah. no, no, <laughs> or Tampa. Or Tampa. Like, yeah. No, in the way that this season's going. But yeah, madness, I think, that he's still at that team. Unless things have happened, unless he was told to apologise and didn't. It's got some crazy beef about it. I don't know, but that does seem... As I, I didn't realise it was the second week, actually. Yeah. Um, going for your fantasy. Honestly, uh, honestly. But, but that, is, that is mad. So especially with that piece of news, I'm quite happy about my Panthers pick. We've got a lot of... I say a lot. We've got a few disagreements here going through. Yeah. It's the 49ers, Patriots. Where do you think of that, Tom? Uh, I... <sighs> I put here, it would have been a good game. Yeah. But I'm not really excited about now. The Pats really didn't look good against a, a poor Broncos team. Sometimes uh, Cam Newton can explode. Sometimes he can't. The 49ers were such a hot prospect coming into the, the league this year. And Jimmy G did have a really good game last week. But they're still so depleted. They haven't had a single receiver have a 75-yard receiving game. That's insane. Yeah, That's that insane. Um, and I really can't see this being particularly exciting, which is a shame considering that a 49ers-Pats game 
last year yeah. would have been, or two years ago last year, would have been certainly one to watch. Well, you've got the whole narrative as well with Jimmy G going back to the Patriots, course, where he can have yeah. learned his craft. And, and it is weird, because I feel like we've gone from saying the Pats aren't very good, and then they picked up Cam, and they got a couple of wins, and went, they're going to be good. They're going to probably win the division. They're, they're going to edge out the Bills in the end. And then they lose to the Broncos, and it's like, oh, wait, maybe they're not very good. Um, so it's a very weird one. The Patriots are completely still in that AFC East division. Especially with the Bills losing those last two games means that the Patriots are in it with the Bills and the Dolphins. Um, it is kind of a must-win game for both these teams, though. Uh, I've, it's a tough one to call. I've, I agree. I don't think it'll be a fantastic game, which is sad given the size of those franchises, the size of you know, San Francisco and Boston, these big cities, big franchises. I'm probably edge the Patriots, to be honest. I'm yeah, the Patriots. I'll go 49ers yeah. then, quite happily. Um, I said, neither can afford to, as you pointed out, to lose this game really in their division. If the Seahawks win, the Rams win, um, then the 49ers are in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And if the Patriots lose and, it's, and the Bills win, there's Bills sort of home sailing really yeah, pretty much three, three games ahead this early on in the season yeah uh, you um, don't expect and, and they could move behind the Dolphins. Miami Dolphins yeah. as well or even further behind the Dolphins yeah which would got a bye week good. as well and they've got a new quarterback coming in so yeah definitely that would be very weird to see the Patriots actually we predicted it a bit and then we kind of took back our prediction when Newton came in but to actually see the Patriots kind of third in that division after winning it 15 years straight or something stupid yeah. would be very weird to see the Lions Falcons I've put the I really want the Falcons to win this game. In the sense that they've got the third best offense, but the 32nd defense. The Jets have got a better defense than the Falcons. How has that happened? It's so unfair for their talent, as I mentioned in my review. Todd Gurley's back this season, 100% back. He's got 400 plus yards, five touchdowns. Matt Ryan is in the top five quarterbacks. There's so much talent. Um, but yeah, surely it's enough to beat the Lions, who I think have won two games this year. The Falcons should probably win this, but in the division they're in with the Saints and the Bucks. Um, and the Panthers, who have been the kind of surprise package, um, their season's over, and just wait until they rebuild with a new coach for next year. Yeah, it's... Uh, we just literally never know, A, with the Lions, because we never really talk about them, no. and B, with the Falcons, because they've been so <laughs> unpredictable. You'd have to think that the Falcons do have enough talent, though. The Lions, they're a feisty team. They're a difficult team to play against. I'm actually going to pick the Lions to be really difficult, and maybe if they win, we can talk about them next week. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only point I've got here as well, in terms of showing the... The importance of defense, despite the fact that obviously we spend most of our time talking about attacking talent, the Bears are 25th in the league in points, but they're five and one. Oh, it wow. just shows how important it has to have an organized defense. We can shit all over Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles as much as we want, say, and they haven't got an elite quarterback, but it doesn't matter if you can give five and one with 25th in points. Kind of in the same way that Philadelphia got the Super Bowl, they weren't any by any means the most offen- most exciting offense that year. If Carson Wentz obviously then getting injured. And then Nick Foles taking over, never being the most dynamic quarterback, but they still managed to win a Super Bowl. If you've got sorted defense, like yeah. the Patriots have had for years, yeah. they've had a, they, Patriots haven't had a quarterback for years until Newton could even rush. And yet they've obviously won more six, six Super Bowls. So if you've got a sorted, organized defense, you're hard to play against in this league. And if you don't, like the Falcons don't, it's pointless. It doesn't matter if you score 35 Literally points again. Completely pointless. You're still going to get blown out. All those out. points are pointless. Indeed. Uh, the Bucks versus the Raiders. I've noticed this is an interesting fact. John Gruden, in the two years that he's being the coach of the last, well, the Raiders. Yeah. Um, he's come off a bye week and lost by 14 plus both times. <laughs> so they're coming in off a bye week. The Bucks obviously had that big win against the Packers. And the Raiders have the second worst run defense um, and been terrible against the rush. And the Bucks obviously have a motoring Ronald Jones. Leonard Fournette is not back this week. No. They're resting him again. Um, I can't see past the Bucks here. Those, that's a big stat for me, the fact that they can't control the run. That is a huge stat. I'm surprised by the kind of after the bye week thing. John Gruden's in <laughs> such like an analytical coach, does all his quarterback camps, looks like he's head of like uh, game film and, and prep and whiteboards. Uh, yeah. uh, so for him to have that stat, really surprised. Maybe he overthinks it too much, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I've liked the Raiders this year a lot. We've both talked a lot about the Raiders since, you know, not talking about them enough probably leading up to this, but then talking about them a lot since. Uh, I think to keep to keep this exciting, I'm going to pick the Raiders. I'm going to pick the Raiders. I mean, I've, the Bucks had such I an impressive win. Last year, last week against the Packers, I don't think they can do it two weeks on the trot. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick the Raiders, and finally, divisional matchup: Browns Bengals. Now, what? I mean, <laughs> if the Browns lost this, we said it about the last time they played, didn't we? Yeah. But that was when the Bengals weren't looking as good as they are now. No. But even though they're not looking great. And I've written here is like a comparison for two young quarterbacks. Obviously, I say young; they're in very different stages of their contracts. Burrow just coming in, Baker is like proving year. But Burrow has been the most trusted NFL, most, most trusted quarterback in the NFL this year, and since he's had the most attempts. Yeah. It really shows that, like, we know that we're not going to go to the playoffs this year, but we want you 
to learn how to play this position. Yeah, so basically the coach have, have called the most passing plays yeah, with yeah. Burrow. So yeah. Patrick Mahomes is probably the most trusted quarterback in the league. But sure, sure. As in the Bengals are trusting Burrow to throw the ball. Yeah, that, that's, that they call it trusted stat, but you're right. In, in, in metaphorical terms, it's not the sense that <laughs> fans say that they would put all their faith in Joe Burrow. Forget Brady and Mahomes. Uh, but no, yeah, he's been the person being given the most throwing attempts. In comparison... You could say that Browns have a great run game, but he, they, yeah. Mayfield has given the second least number of throws. For a quarterback trying to prove himself to a team, how, how, how can he do that with that? And then when he has had that, he's thrown multiple interceptions many, many times. So for me, I think in terms of the way these teams are going trajectory-wise, I'm kind of putting two drafts going opposite ways with my hands right now. I'm seeing the, the Bengals on the up and the Browns on the down, having called them last week and they let me down, which is so frustrating. <laughs> so frustrating. I'm now going to uh, take vengeance and pick the Bengals to the Browns in this game. We're both going to go Bengals. Both going Bengals. I love us both picking a team with one win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to beat this such, is upset of the week. To upset of the week. To beat such a stacked Browns team. But a stacked Browns team, oh, a stack, I was about to say a stacked Browns team that constantly lets us down, they are pretty consistent against bad teams. <laughs> they just can't beat good teams. I've got here that Baker Mayfield actually is free and over here against teams of less than uh, 50% win percentage, but he's terrible against good teams. What are the Bengals? Who knows? They have been improving week on week. They were 21 nothing up in that game. Um, they were lucky to lose to the Colts. So, yeah, I think Bengals isn't a crazy pick here. Not the favourite, obviously, but isn't a crazy, crazy pick. And that wraps up our, our predictions, Tom. In a, in a week that has all the games being played on yeah. normal days, which is nice. Uh, well, first well I quite enjoyed the double header on a Monday night. That was, that was fun. The Tuesday night football confused all of us. And then there was no first night football. That was, that was all very... I hated that. All very, all, all very weird. Um, but yeah that wraps up our week I think it's nice to see it's what's happening we've seen a lot of these kind of Covid tests where it's like they have one positive result and then they retest it and it's fine yeah. so currently we look good uh, oh the other thing did we talk about Brown possibly going to the Seahawks no that? that's that definitely something to mention uh, next week when he becomes eligible yeah but that's a ooh yeah, that's Seahawks, a- Seahawks doing a Chiefs of just like saying we want to win right now in the same way the, the um, Ngokwe going to the Ravens these teams that are just ready to give up everything in terms of picks, in terms of money, to win right now is really interesting. It'd be funny to see those teams in the playoffs. There's a reason to tune in to next week's show. Next yeah. week, Antonio Brown is eligible, yeah. having served his suspension in week eight, and it seems like the Seahawks are poised to take him. Yeah, exciting. They're, if you don't need any more of a teaser than that, uh, listen to this week. So thanks for listening to this week. Really enjoyed the show. Uh, and keep an eye on Instagram because we're putting everything there. Uh, and we will hear from you next week. Mahomes, timing route, down the sideline, it's caught, touchdown! Brady pumps, looking for Brown deep, and throwing for Brown. He's got it at the 30, the 20, 